Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. My guest today is a boundary and empowerment coach. Nonviolent communication and embodiment practices are her focus in the work she does with her clients. She's also a chef and entrepreneur. Please give a warm, sarcastic welcome to Jess Escobedo. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, thanks for being on the show. So um, are there any boundaries you need to set with me before we start this conversation? <laughs> this is a great question. And I love <laughs> that you're starting with that because I think um, in, in my work, one of the things I teach people is to to give yourself permission at the beginning before you hit a, you, you, you hit the hard moments because oftentimes we don't set boundaries because we get a little triggered and they're hard to set. So little little invitations like that are great. And um, thank you for asking. And I, I do not. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Um, because boundaries are kind of like a four-letter word for people. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like they're too scared to go there or they're not sure what it means or they feel they're being selfish or they don't, you know, they don't have a right to set that boundary. Um, so what is your definition of boundaries? Yeah, I have a very simple definition of, of what a personal boundary is. And that is what, because there's, there's so, it's so broad in our lives, like how we set boundaries, but like what, essentially what is okay with me? So it's like, what is a yes for me? So knowing that and also what is not okay. So it's like very basic. And then because sometimes our boundaries, it's like, I think we think a lot of our, of our boundaries as something that needs to be expressed. Hmm. It doesn't always need to be expressed. Some of the core of the, the work that I do is just, is, is, is internal work, personal development work, and it's working internally just to really own like this is this is actually what feels okay for me. The no's and also the yeses. Like sometimes we're scared to say yes, even though it's something we want. And the more we can say no with clarity, hopefully the more clarity we have around our yeses. So basically, we need to figure out what our want and needs are. Yeah. To express or to set clear boundaries yeah and i think that the like i think that some of the, the harder work is to know what mm-hmm. our what our needs are like sometimes we can viscerally feel and so some of the work i do is to actually like why like i'm a no like i feel it in my body like eek, i cringe i don't want to do that or i don't want to say that or i don't want to be close to that person like physical proximity and Sometimes we know or no, but we don't know why. So it's hard to mm-hmm. communicate or we don't even understand why for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Some, yeah. So some of what I teach people is, is actually just growing language, like growing, having language around feelings and needs. Yeah. So growing your vocabulary and some of that is just done before you even, because I want to like honor how hard it is to actually vocalize some of these vulnerable parts of ourselves mm-hmm. in interpersonal relationships. And especially the more interpersonal they are, the harder they can be. Um, so to, 
to practice with yourself first so you can kind of name and have some vocabulary to work with inwardly. And I use, a lot of times I use, uh, non, that's my training in nonviolent communication, where I use like lists of feelings and lists of needs. And if you are listening and you can Google it, like Google nonviolent communication mm -hmm. feelings list and needs list, and you can like stick them in your purse, you can like pin them to your shirt, you can, you know, tattoo them on your arm, because in the moment, you're going to forget. So the more you can use that those uh, the words, so let's say you're feeling triggered or overwhelmed, like actually putting words to how you're feeling. Like I'm feeling scared. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling sad. So some of that some of that's actually really helpful to calm you down, right. to name what's happening. Um, but it also really becomes helpful when you're coming into communicating with another person what's going on. Um, Interesting. And what you're what you're actually needing. Yeah. And you always have to express everything that's going on, but just having some language can be really helpful. Yeah, I know sometimes it's hard for me to express myself because either – you know, like when I'm going to have a conversation, it's like beforehand, I've got the whole conversation in my head going, I've practiced it, whatever. And then when I get to that, I'll say what I've like, I like dump basically vomit out what I had in my head. Mm -hmm. But then beyond that, it's like my head is it's like I'm blank after that. It's like I don't I don't have anything else to say, you know, whether someone asks me a question or wants clarification. And that's where it gets really hard. Mm. And so I definitely think like having those words and having that vocabulary ready and me memorized or practiced or just know that those words are there because sometimes we don't have that word like it either we've used it in the past and we just can't think of it in the moment because we're because we're in that stressful moment or that emotional moment. So in the, yeah, exactly. In those moments of, of stress or the trigger arises, it's we like literally our brain chemistry like changes and like we don't have access to the part of our brain that that gives us words and sentences and stuff. So I I think to have a lot of compassion for those moments because you can't really change that. You gotta have <laughs> to calm down. Right. And sometimes it's just knowing that. Like I think that that. Like I've used that a ton. It's like, I don't have, I will have stuff to say, but I can't say it right now. I need space or whatever. Right. And also coming back to what you were saying about, um, about going in and kind of like saying everything that's on your mind and then not really knowing where to go from there. Often when I coach people, it's to have, sometimes we don't have a specific request. But sometimes to know what we're going in there for. And sometimes we just need to express ourselves, no? Mm -hmm. But we also can tell the other person, like, we can be like, hey, I just need you to listen. Are you down? And then I, I like, love a lot of consent. Like, you asked me if I have any boundaries at the beginning. I love a lot of consent. Like, are you down to listen? I have some stuff on my mind and heart that I would, like, love to share that's been coming up in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Can you just listen? And if it's, and then they'll be like, once you get a yes, usually they're like the guards down a little more. So no matter what you say, they can hear it a little more. And also sometimes we share a lot 
and we don't know where we want things to go, but we want to share. And so some, sometimes what I'll recommend is that you ask, like you drop a little bit, maybe not everything. And then you check in, like, how's that landing for you? Mm. But how are you feeling hearing that? So, cause sometimes we don't know, it has to be a co-created solution. Like, right. yes, we want to fucking control it because we're scared. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that actually doesn't work, no? And a lot of times I think sometimes we're just afraid of how the other person's going to react. Yeah. And, you know, we can't really control how the other person reacts, um, which is hard because that's, it's like you want to be able to express yourself and what you're feeling and what's going on for you in a safe environment you know you want to be able to be heard and and hopefully that happens when when you ask that ask that person you know can you just listen and they say yes let's hope that they actually you know can do that for you yeah and that's also I mean that's also something here's the thing with setting boundaries like you're talking about like the fear of how somebody's going to respond and people do not always respond well yeah. No, like I've gotten really shitty responses and um, scary responses. And there's so much, I mean, I think I have so much to say around this. Like one is like somebody like being abusive or like shitty or like just like sometimes it is legit, legitimately unsafe. But sometimes we need to express ourselves a little bit more and ask to know where that person lands with how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. We, sometimes we need that information to create more space in the relationship or to let go of the relationship. Right. So not of totally averse to those types of conversations. Like sometimes we're so scared because we know once we know, we kind of intuitively know that person can't have this conversation. That person can't give me what I need in this relationship. And that's scary because we're going to probably, if we know the truth, we're going to have to I let go of the relationship to a certain degree. Yeah. And that, it can be really scary for a lot of us. But I think I have, I also think it can be liberating, can be empowering. Like we get to be in choice. We don't have to feel victim in our, our relationships. We can be more in choice about it. And also sometimes it's not, some, just because somebody has a hard feeling for us to be present with, like let's say we disappoint somebody or somebody gets anxious or maybe they get sad when we share what we're, what, what, what we're wanting to share with them or setting a boundary with them. That's okay. Like those feelings are okay. Like can we be present for their difficult feelings and actually have empathy for them? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like... Like maybe we're setting a boundary with a close friend or a partner about we're feeling overwhelmed and we need some space. So you might say that like, hey, like I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling like really anxious because I'm really busy. I'm needing space in my life and I need to not commit to so much. So it's like I know we're seeing each other two or three times a week. I can only see you one one time a week. Yeah. Yeah. Another person might be like, man, I'm so sad and disappointed. And, and you might say like, I complete, like, you don't want to, a lot of times we get defensive in those moments, but I think the more appropriate response is like, yeah, I can understand. I like the sadness and disappointment is because you love spending time. 
Right. Yeah. It's not because anything is wrong or bad. And there's a loss. There's a loss of time together of shared quality time so that we, but this, I actually think that like empathy building skill in those moments is really, really helpful in setting boundaries to like learn to have empathy for people's emotional responses. Yeah. So do you think some of the reasons why it's so difficult to set boundaries in a relationship is because one, we have trouble expressing ourselves and then two, we're afraid of what, how the other person will react. Like what are some other reasons why, why it's difficult? I think that, I think that some of us are really fearful of rejection. Mm -hmm. I think the root can come from different places and each of us in different relationships are going to hit on different roots. No of why why we have such a hard time. So I think one is the the skill set of using language and like like you said and um dealing with the other person's being present for the other person's difficult emotions. And I think third is rejection or like just even just loss, like fear of loss. Mm-hmm. Um and and I I I think some of that that can a little bit of an anecdote to because that's I think the deeper root for a lot of people is the fear of loss and maybe the fear of change. Um, is, is for what was really helpful for me is learning how to how to learning how to grieve. If that makes sense, I don't think it was something that learning how to like love, like and grieving doesn't mean when somebody dies, but it's like right, yeah. Sometimes it's even just not even the loss of a relationship, but a shift in the relationship. Right. So anytime there's some love and connection and needs, and then it's not there, like it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel disappointed. Um, And also it's like we're building a capacity to be present for other people's difficult feelings, but also for our own, no? Yeah, yeah. Um, And I personally believe that when you can learn to let go of relationships hopefully you get a little bit more into the flow of life of also learning to let new relationships and connections in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't have to be from somebody else. Sometimes when we can learn to let go of a relationship in a certain way, sometimes it can like blossom into something new, but we have to be willing to grieve, give, give it space, be honest and truthful. Um, and to be honest, some relationships in my experience there's capacity for both. Both of us have capacity to do that together and some relationships don't. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as work goes, I think for many of us, it's like, well, it's our job. We have to do what we're told to do. You know, we can't set boundaries at work. And I would like to say that's incorrect because you need to express those boundaries probably if not more at work um, than your personal relationships because work is just so demanding. And if you even show an inkling of, you know, initiation or, you know, that you want to achieve things and have goals in your job, they can sometimes take advantage of, of that situation. Can you give an example as to how or how someone can set a boundary at work or maybe some tips for that too? Yeah. I love this question because I'm personally very passionate about it. Cause I, I just really strongly believe in people having a, a, 
access to well-being, you know, mm-hmm. and like work happiness is really important and we can really feel like we don't have a choice. Yeah. I don't I completely agree where I do think we have a choice no matter where you work to a certain degree. I think some companies are definitely a little easier and some places of work are easier than others. But one thing I will say is to to start at the beginning. You start a new job, don't you're going to come in there wanting to please everyone. You want everyone to like you and shit. Don't <laughs> keep it real. Keep it friendly. Yeah. Keep it honest, but also say like, okay, like whatever, you know, your boundaries are like whatever quirks you have or whatever. It's like, whatever is going to support you negotiate your hours from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Be really clear about when you're on your, available on your computer when you're not. And here's the thing, and we talked about this before we got on, say it, and as soon as it starts to get crossed, so state it at the beginning, as soon as it starts to get crossed, say something. Hey, so if you say it at the beginning before it happens, you can say, hey, remember when we interviewed, or remember when I talked to you at the, at the beginning of being hired, and I say, I don't, I don't answer emails on the weekend, and you're wanting me to respond now, that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. We agreed on that. Like, don't let it slide for too long. Like if in some of the reason you say it at the beginning, it's not for them to honor it because it's not their responsibility to honor the boundary. It's yours Mm -hmm. to uphold the boundary. And so it's kind of giving yourself permission because it's so hard in the moment to be like, okay, remember? (laughs) And And it doesn't, you don't have to defend it. Yeah. Really a big fan. It's like, you don't have to defend, you don't have to argue it. Like you can just say, remember, um, that was the agreement. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Because if you give them an inch, I mean, they're going to keep taking it until you do say something. And a lot of times it's too late and it's already gotten to the point where it's not a good situation. And, you know, yeah. I've seen a lot of those chef shows, you know, with the kitchen and you have your own catering so you're a chef and you know the kitchen environment is not conducive to any like it's not a good scene it seems I mean I've never worked in a kitchen but um how do you like set boundaries within an environment like that where it's just it just seems like the culture is is not setting boundaries and and not honoring boundaries um, a lot of work I've, I've done in this, in this area. So it's not <laughs> like it happened overnight, but I, I run my own business. And part of the reason I run my own business is because I could not stand working for other chefs hmm. because it was very toxic and, and violent, really mm-hmm. like not physically violent, but there is violence in the kitchen space. And, and yeah, so I, I run my own kitchens. I'm very passionate about creating a safe space for people to show up, people that work for me. I implement what I, what my, I, my boundary work and my boundary coaching. And I encourage people to ask for what they need. I always, I have a, a ingrained process of feedback with my employees after events. Like how did that go? What was good? What wasn't? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's just a lot of, a lot of communication happening. Um, And I also like, I have, you know, I don't know if it's the best process, but around like taking time off or taking breaks, like I let my my staff manage that for themselves. 
you manage your break. You need an extra, you got an emotional day and you need an extra two hours. Fine. Let me know. But like, I, like, I want the, I want, I want that kind of stuff communicated. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'm not always able to do something like that, depending on what kind of work we're doing. But, um, and also me, like one of the ways it shows up for me in my work is I'm the direct connection to all my clients. So it's like also, because also with the food industry is people, people don't always treat us very well. Mm, yeah. And so I'm the gate to how I'm treated, but also how all my staff is treated. Right. Yeah. And I'm really clear at the beginning with my clients, what the, ex, at the I think the key thing is at the beginning, and I've learned this over time, as clear as I can be about what I'm offering, mm-hmm. what I'm able to do and what I expect from them is clear in my contract and what I communicate. So I just go and we're all, we're on the same page. Yeah. And as soon as I, it's the same thing, as soon as it's overstepped or something, you know, gets a little out of line, I speak to it. And believe me, I've learned the hard way that when you don't, like it just ends up getting worse and worse. And then the resentment builds. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm angry, frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, so... And sometimes I'm not saying like, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this shit either. No, like, yeah, yeah. Like, so sometimes I don't realize until I'm over here complaining about the same client to everyone, <laughs> everyone's sick of hearing about them. They're like, Jess. <laughs> so that resentment is like, like, probably for most of us, I usually say it's an indicator. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Something is off for me. And what is that? Like something, I feel my boundaries are being crossed or something's happening. I'm not okay with. And so I'm just getting clear. And sometimes it's, how they're talking, what they're expecting. Sometimes I need to charge more money for what they're asking. Mm-hmm. I just need to figure out like what feels off, like what I'm not okay with. So I can communicate that. And yeah. here's the thing. Also a lot of setting boundaries. It's not always making requests, but sometimes it includes making requests. And sometimes I ask for things and you don't get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. you, yeah, in, in that, and that also feels, I think, vulnerable. I think it's the reason people don't yeah. always set boundaries. Well, there's like this level of respect, I think, as well, you know, as far as what you're talking about, your staff, and wanting them to have the space to set those boundaries and communicate. Also, I'll say on that point just real quick, I can set the space and they won't take it. I think one of the, mo- the, one of the most powerful things is they watch me set boundaries mm. with other chefs, with my clients, with uh, the people, other event coordinators. And I think that that's the most, can be the most empowering is like they see me do it or they see me take a break or they see me communicate with them. Like I have a bad day and then next extra hour <laughs> and then they feel like, okay, I can do that. That's okay to do that here. Yeah. Yeah. So are there boundaries that aren't healthy to have I mean, I think most of the time when we set a boundary, it's keeping someone or something out or limiting what comes in. That's a good question. Um, I think there are two, there are two things that come to mind around boundaries that are not good, but I don't want to say not good, but they're maybe they can use a little bit of uh, fine tuning. Mm -hmm. So one is, I know when I first started setting boundaries, like, I think I got a little crazy with it. Like, I was like, oh, like, I didn't have enough nuance or, like, language. So I was like, 
I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Like, uh-uh, like, you know, it was a little bit, it was a little rough around the edges and I was setting boundaries around everything. Yeah. And bless my heart and bless this healing journey. <laughs> but I think, and you know, I think it, I, I actually normalize that with my clients that I see doing that. It's like, that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Is it bad? No. Can we use some fine tuning? Yes. So once you notice you're getting a little rigid around like setting boundaries around everything because you're learning to set boundaries, it's like, then <laughs> um, you know, that's me that at that point, maybe when you notice it, it's like you can like learn to like, okay, where can I soften around? Because the point of boundaries was the, what's for me, the point is, is to have more connection. Mm-hmm have more safety in my body and my being to be in more connection in my life. So Hmm. um, when I feel okay, when I feel safety, when I feel like I'm going to get taken care of, like I can relax and just be more present with people instead of feeling like on guard all the time or whatever. And then the second kind of, I would say bad or not helpful boundary is, is um, I do think that people, can get like unconsciously rigid. Like they're not consciously setting boundaries. They're just like, "Mm, no, I don't deal with that person. Like, "Mm, no, I don't do that. So like, no, I don't like that. Like, and so I, and those people usually are not the people that come to me and ask for help. (laughs) Uh, And they should. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, I got good boundaries. Like, okay, you do. I don't know about that. You got bad, you got boundaries. I don't know if anyone likes you anymore. You got a moat around you, but besides that, <laughs> yeah, you're like, I, and so I, I use the terminology like I, I use the terminology like putting up a wall. Mm-hmm. Like some people have walls up; it's like impermeable. Boundaries movable. Boundaries moves. It comes. It like this is the thing. Sometimes you set a boundary with somebody, you have a boundary with them, and then if they say, "Oh, thanks for letting me know," no problem. Usually the boundary dissolves real quick. Like once you know there's some safety, you're like, yeah, that's a, you know, like boundaries mm-hmm. move, they change. Walls are like firm. They keep people out. They keep people at a distance. Some relationships need walls. <laughs> they are unsafe. Mm. You need a fucking wall. Yeah. Um, but to do it consciously. To be like, I cannot have that person in my life. It's too painful for me. Mm-hmm. But right now, maybe you put up a wall for right now. You don't have to be forever. But I think sometimes people do unconsciously put up walls to, to maintain safety. You're right. Just keep people at a distance. And it's not, you know, I think that they suffer. And usually the other people in their life that want to be close to them also suffer. Yeah. That's not really my area of work. I don't know what to do about them. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can name if you're around somebody who's got a lot of walls up, be like, you know, you don't name. I usually don't tell, I usually don't tell people to use the word like, Hey, I'm setting a boundary. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, you go, I'm putting, you got walls up. It's like you use the feeling and needs language. Like oh, I'm feeling disconnected. Yeah. Is there something going on? Can we talk about if there's something going on? Right. Yeah. Try to try to bridge the gap a little bit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I guess it all comes down to communication and um, just expressing your needs and wants, and in a way that is using the I statements and you know all that practical stuff. Now, once we've set the boundary, you know we've 
we've jumped the hurdle of setting the boundary in a way that's clear and the person is, you know, open to it, is open to listening. How do you like stick with those boundaries? Like how do you, people are going to push back or, you know, at first they'll be like, oh yeah, this is great. Thanks for telling me. And then like next week they're like pushing on that particular boundary. What are ways that we can like handle the pushback? Yeah. First I want to say is having a community of people who are doing this work or at least a couple of friends, a friend, a therapist, somebody who's like supporting you because it is hard. Mm -hmm. Consistent effort, especially at first. I think at first when you're kind of like, I think at first, usually kind of what we come up against at the beginning when we first start to set boundaries are some of like the bigger, more harder relationships that are just like we're buried under. And it's years, decades, sometime of dynamic in the relationship we are bumping up against. So having a lot, a lot of support, people you can talk to, people who you can run things past that you trust. And just, I call it boundary practice Mm -hmm. to get it perfect. And I'm telling you, dude, sometimes in these conversations, I'm like, dang, dude, I am, I'm a professional communicator and I'm so awkward right now. (laughs) It's awkward. It's awkward. You gotta be comfortable getting, getting a little awkward and just, and, and talking about shit Mm -hmm. and, and also not, I think, I think not the, the more you can not let it slide, the quicker you can catch it. And I will say, um, uh, this is a tool I like to give people all the time. I think it's one of the most helpful tools is if you are, is to try to say something. I said this a little bit about in the beginning, but in a little bit of a different way is, um, let's say you have a relationship you're having some trouble setting boundaries with, and you've been in this relationship for a long time, long time friend or something. And one of the things you can say, if you're going to work on, you know, you're going to be working on setting boundaries is before you get into the fucking conflict, before you hit rubber meets the road, you're triggered or whatever is to let them know like, Hey, I'm working on setting boundaries. I'm letting you know, I'm in therapy. I'm doing this, whatever. I'm working with Jess. I'm doing my shit. I'm reading this book. I have a really hard time with them. And I'm going to be practicing in our relationship. Sometimes it comes up and I don't feel comfortable saying things. So I'm going, it might be awkward. I might be a little weird. I'm like, but I like, I want you to know and, and actually ask, ask them, like, I would love your support with this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and ask like, asks or vulnerable ask, like, are you up for that? And then you sit there with your belly in a knot while they respond. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. so basically if someone pushes back or you know, kind of changes their mind, it's I guess it's important to just restate what you had initially restate. said. Re- yeah. Restate simple simple like, hey, remember I said this? That was our agreement. Yeah. Are you still down? Yeah. Like yeah. if somebody keeps crossing a boundary that you already were really specific about, um, just and try to stay calm because it can feel so enraging. <laughs> it's so emotionally laborious to have that conversation. No. Right. And yeah. You're like, wait, you're not listening. You don't. You don't love me. You don't care about me. Whatever. Whatever. All of our stories come up. But as as much as you can say, like, hey, because people even. 
my feeling or my thoughts around this is that people a lot of times are trying. Sometimes we're, what we think is an easy ask, it's a really hard ask for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's like we're teaching this might be a little whatever lovey dovey or whatever, but like we're teaching them how to how to love us. Like, hey, I'm telling you how you can show up in my life in a way that feels loving and nurturing. Right. Sometimes we have to. I actually think we need to do more of that than we think in all of our relationships. People don't. We're all different. Like people don't know. So the more that we can let them know, like this feels good. This feels good. This doesn't feel good. This feels good. This doesn't like. Then, then we can we can feel more happy in our relationship, get more of our needs met. And also if somebody, a lot of times, especially in romantic relationships, this is a whole nother area, but like we have a lot, we all have a, can have a lot of expectations on one person Mm. and to be clear about like, Oh, that like they can't, one person can't meet all your needs. And so can you let go? And it's like those parts of those needs and those, areas that need to get met like maybe you can get them at other places in your life right yeah so you don't feel angry or resentful at the person it doesn't impact the relationship you feel more empowered like this is so this is deep empowerment work around like oh like i i am responsible for my happiness Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think a lot of people put that off on their friends and their partners and 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 I maybe that's because they if they're not happy they can blame somebody I don't know but um, one thing that I wanted to mention was um, shame mm. and how it's associated with boundaries. Mm. Do you find that's the case? Can you say more about that? Like in what way? Like um, I don't know. Maybe someone's set a boundary and maybe somebody has shamed them or, you know, doesn't treat them well when they set that boundary. And so they have that experience of being shamed for asking what they need or what they want. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or that like the real popular terminology of like gaslighting kind of like making it seem like, Oh, what are you, what's that's crazy. Like Like that request is crazy. I definitely think that that is, as, you know, here's what I'll say is it's not as common as I think it is. Mm. I think people think it is. I think people, the fear comes up. Here's my experience. When you learn the tools, you learn a little communication tools and hit me up if you need some support around finding some language and you learn how to communicate what's going on, what your needs are, what you're wanting. I've had really good experiences. I've had bad experiences, but I think Usually because we're so scared, we think the, it's going to be the worst. But when those moments do happen, what, what, I, what I recommend is to stay, if you can, stay. Like the person might be like, oh, you're no, 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 no. Like come back to your own experience. Like that's not, I'm not going to argue with you. Be mm-hmm. really clear. This is my feelings. This is my needs. This is what I want. Like I'm, this is not up for debate not something that's up for debate. We're not going to argue about my experience. Right. Or like the validity of this. 
And some of that work to stay, it, it can take some work to get to the point where you feel solid enough to stay and not feel like you need to argue because it can be so easily just going defense mode. Like, no, 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 like this is not defending what your needs are, defending your boundaries. Like you don't have to defend them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fight for them. I think once you're a little more clear and confident that that's okay. And also I will say like some of those harder moments or those harder relationships, I think what has helped me hold that my ground is having experiences where people have been really grateful, really appreciative of me communicating and me asking for what I want, like having enough of those. Then when you have somebody who's not, Mm-hmm. really clear like oh this is mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. mm-mm. and 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 you have a little more hopefully confidence in yourself to hold hold your ground yeah and that doesn't mean it's not going to bring up feelings and stuff it won't be hard but hopefully you can can hold and even if you don't here's the thing like i can't tell you how many times i've you know in the moment i've reacted and i've said things and i've got defensive and then you always can come back. Mm. It's like, that's not the defining moment. And you can always name like, hey, like, do you have that self-awareness and a little bit of humility? Like, you're going to be like, hey, I got defensive in that last conversation. I want to try again. Are you down? Right. Yeah. And your boundaries, like you said, are always ever-changing. So I think just the fact that you're opening that dialogue to talk about the boundary is a huge step. Also, somebody, some people, exactly, they're ever-changing, and some people will be like, you said this, and now you're saying this. Right. They'll try to, like, get you on it. Like, yeah. Because it's changed. Right. It's okay change. Yeah. So for those people that are listening that aren't necessarily good at boundary setting or need more practice boundary setting, um... Or maybe they just don't know where to begin with setting boundaries. What's one thing that they can do today to kind of move them towards setting a healthy boundary? I think one thing, and I'm going to come back to one of the things I've already offered, but in a different way, is to... I This is also something I, I often encourage people to do at the beginning is to find a safe person, mm-hmm. somebody who you have an easy relationship with and tell them and tell them that you're working on setting boundaries and talk with them and tell and practice, tell them you're going to practice with them. So sometimes legit, like the harder relationship with your mom or the partner you've been with for 20 years and it's got, it's gotten a little unhealthy um, family members where there's really long histories, like literally we do not like. Don't we, don't practice on them. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go there. You don't have to go there that quick. Yeah. You're going to want to. You're like, oh, I'm up for this. Like practice, <laughs> practice is like going to the gym. Like you don't start with a, a weight that's too heavy. You're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. This kind of work, you're going to get emotionally dysregulated. You're not going to want to go back into it. You want, you need some information that it's okay. Like, it's okay to express your feelings. It's okay to express your needs. So find some relationships you can practice that in. Right. Start, you can start today by picking somebody, just saying, like, hey, I'm learning how to set boundaries. 
I want to practice sharing my feelings and needs a little bit more in this relationship and maybe making requests if they come up and, 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 and even that conversation and saying like, Hey, are you up for that? Checking in with them. Like we get kind of like knotted in our belly. And like you, you talked about before we got on, like we kind of go fast and we, we put a bunch of information out there and then we kind of want it to go a certain way. Like this needs to be relational work. Right. Yeah. So we can, this, you know, we can pause and we say what we want to say. We pause and say, like, okay, how, how do you feel about that? How's that landing? Are you, are you up for that? You know, and it's not so much for the other person. It's for us. Yeah. Like we need to give ourselves a lot of permission. Definitely. And I think that's hard to do as well. Let me tell you, I've been practicing setting boundaries for 10 years. I'm a recovering addict. And um, yeah, it's just like still, like I still come up, you know, I've gotten a lot better. I've had a lot more tools, but I still see it as a practice. Like I, I, I get tools and then all of a sudden something comes up. Where I'm like, son of a. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I really don't want to have this conversation with this person. Like, oh, <laughs> like anything but, like anything but this yeah. conversation with this person. It's like my whole visceral response. And, and you know, that's where the work lies. And I think sometimes it's so uncomfortable. We want to move past it really fast. Mm-hmm. And that, that doesn't help always. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't help. Like can't, like sometimes... We have to kind of be a little bit in a pro like a lot of these, especially the relationships that have we've had for longer that have longer spans, it's gonna take some time. So we have to be willing to like just a little bit a little little bit of time. Yeah, because you're undoing how many years of habits and a lifetime for most of us. And behavior and yeah. Probably it's intergenerational, probably multiple lifetimes. <laughs> yeah. We learn the shit from our parents now. Exactly. Like in in our DNA. Yeah. Literally. So Yeah. Well, this was great information, Jess, and it's definitely given me a lot of food for thought. And I know it's helped a lot of people out there that are listening as well. Where can people find you to either follow up or get in touch with you? The best way to find me um, is on Instagram, Wholesome Hood Rat is my handle. I also have a website, jessicaescobedo.com. Um, but I'm pretty active on social media. A lot of my clients come in through there. Um, so if you have any, even if you have like just a question, like I love DMs. I love making content out of like what's going on for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want, if if you are like, at a, I think a lot of times people hire me because they're like, I just can't, I, I'm not doing it. I keep saying I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I've read the books and I have some tools and you just need a little more accountability, a little more personal support with specifically what's going on in the dynamic. Um, and then in that case, reach out and we can set up a little consult to see if we're a good fit. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really great talking. I love this shit. Yeah, so. absolutely. Talk about. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time on Women Who Sarcast. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast, an independent podcast. Email us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Women Who Sarcast. Get your copy of Women Who Podcast magazine today. 
visit womenwhopodcastmag.com to subscribe. Show music provided by Mike Imbasiani. Thank you.